The gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Would you please stand? In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor of Tiberias, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Traconis, and Laianus ruler of Abilene, during the priesthood of Annas and Cephas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the regions around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the ropeways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we come to our time of children's message this morning, I noticed as we were lighting the Advent candle, maybe you did as well, we were lighting the candle of peace. The candle of peace, I'll, I'll turn the word around for us so we can all see it. Peace is one of those things that doesn't necessarily always have a picture with it. But I was thinking about this, and there's actually a picture that we do associate with peace. There's something that in our family we put on the Christmas tree. I wonder if you put this on your Christmas tree as well. Can you see it? I think I heard it. A dove. Yeah, we have a dove that we put on our Christmas tree. Someone from a previous congregation gave this to me, and this dove is supposed to represent peace. It's also supposed to represent something else that's hard to represent. It's also supposed to represent the Holy Spirit who brings us peace. The Holy Spirit is also something that we don't really have a specific image for in our mind, and yet the image we have for the Holy Spirit is one of the dove. So today, as we're waiting, there's a lot of waiting, waiting for Christmas, how many days until Christmas, who knows? How many? 20, 20 days until Christmas. Who's ready? Yes. I thought there might be somebody who was ready. Yes. Thank you for being ready. You might be the only one. As we're waiting for Christmas, we're seeking peace. And the dove reminds us that the Holy Spirit is who brings us peace. 
Would you pray with me as we seek peace together? Let's pray. Dear Holy Spirit, be our peace. Let us see you as we wait for Jesus coming. Amen. I'll leave this dove right up here. 20 days. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if this happens in any of your homes. So I will sometimes ask my children to clean up their rooms, and I'll ask them to pick up something very specific. Let's say, put away their dirty clothes, or pick up their crayons. This is not an actual picture of their rooms for their own protection. And at some point later, outside of their rooms, I will ask if the task has been completed and if I could go into their rooms. Each and every time, I will be told that they need to go and, ready for it, check before I can go into their rooms. There's some preparation that is required. And they go back into their rooms and the sounds of movement and cleaning can be heard as some last minute, we'll call it checking, is being done. And at last, after that checking is done, I can enter. We'll call it preparation, right? <laughs> In the gospel lessons, we are told that John the baptizers is giving this heads up. Prepare the way of the Lord. Straighten up. Level out. Pick up. Seek peace. Bring on the restoration and the shalom. Work for the way of the Lord. God is coming. Somehow I always hear what happens in my house in the midst of these words. I can almost hear my children scurrying around right now. You might not have caught this because the lesson begins with the acknowledgement of John's reality. There was an emperor and there was a governor. There were three tetriarchs. Did you catch all of them? And there were two high priests. Together, they represent the rulers of the known world, the religious and the political, the economic powers at the heart of Jerusalem. They hold all of the authority and the might, the wealth and the military prowess the ancestry can command. It's not the parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, but the rulers and the bureaucrats, the administrators and the officials who are holding all of this power in the story. John, isn't that a great picture of him? <laughs> he could use a broad thing. <laughs> who grew up with a father as a priest and a 
author who has this incredible story of miraculous birth proclaims that people must come to be baptized for repentance. Only then would they know peace. The word peace, you might remember this in Hebrew, means shalom. That word that is translated into wholeness and restoration. When you and I are seeking peace, we're looking for wholeness. We're praying for reconciliation. And on the strength of the prophets, John prepared the way for Jesus. This is a construction project that's straightening the highway long before roads were ever laid with asphalt, filling in the low places long before trenches were known, smoothing out potholes long before there was ever this kind of widespread pothole problem that you and I know about. John pointed to the real source of power in Jesus, the real work to be done, getting ready in the peace of restoration and reconciliation. This last week, I officially joined the Family Promise Board of Trustees. Reflecting the heart of our congregation to be a community church, we have been hosting families for years. Those who've been experiencing homelessness in Monroe County have been supported by this congregation and others. Many of you have stayed at the church with families, have made meals, have shared fellowship with those who've been seeking a better life for themselves and their families. With the pandemic, Family Promise of Monroe County has been faced with a difficult transition. They went from four families who would go from church to church to church. They now have 15 families who they support. Even a church that's our size in building can't host that many families. So what does it look like to have peace and restoration now, here and now? Families are currently at Streamside Camp, where they can stay in that location. So churches continue to provide food, as they always have preparing the way of the Lord. Any of you who've ever participated know that the answer to peace-filled homecoming to those who've experienced homelessness is much more than just uh, walls and a roof. Homelessness has many causes, and instability involves lots of solutions that lead to better stability. Child care and job training, financial literacy and mentoring, development of community that has more sustainable job opportunities, nourishment, clothing, health and wellness, as well as furnishings for a home. Flexibility to adapt and support families is absolutely key. And I give thanks that your generosity 
as you've sought to walk alongside people has been an integral part of this. Indeed, you have given generously to our pastor's discretionary fund. Did you know that over the last year, you've kept a commitment to give quarterly to Oasis of Love? Your commitment has been to support the utility bills of Oasis of Love. Previously, their utility bills have been through a grant, and over the last 10 years, those grants have expired. So your donations have actually brought restoration and peace to the families that have been served by Oasis of Love by keeping their food at appropriate temperatures. The Pastor's Discretionary Fund has also served 19 families in the last calendar year through rental support, medication support, a night in the hotel, uh, gas, food gift cards, the kind of peace that smooths out rough places that John the Baptizer called preparing the way of the Lord. Peace is both personal and communal. Dorothy Thompson, a Methodist journalist, famously said, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of creative alternatives for responding to conflicts, alternatives to passive or aggressive responses, alternatives to violence. During the season of Advent, as we continue to decorate our homes or draft responses to Christmas greetings, ponder Christmas gifts, you and I, we're called to prepare the way of the Lord. I have a sense that John the Baptist will never make it into our Christmas nativities. However, he does make it into the Advent lectionaries. And there is some construction work to do before the nativity scene is filled all the way. Some mountains to bring low, some alleys to raise up, some rough places to smooth out. And the little town of Bethlehem is going to be home to a king. Peace doesn't look the way we always imagine. And if I'm honest, most of the time, it doesn't always feel peace-filled. We long for a time that hasn't been found just quite yet. In a letter to a younger poet, Rilke famously wrote the, these words, be patient to all that has been unsolved in your heart. Try to love those questions themselves. They're like locked rooms or like books that are written in a foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers yet which cannot be given to you because you are not able to live them. And the point is, live those. Live the questions. And perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along someday 
into the answers. We come, you and I, to peace with God. Even as we lift up our questions, our worries and our wonders, our messes and our manias, even now. In the Advent, the coming of Christ, we remember we are not the bringers of peace. Rather, Christ is. And while Christ might use our hands as we make them available, we don't have to tie up every neat and nice bow for how shalom might be known. We wait, unknowing of what will happen. And since we ourselves cannot know what peace might be, we only wait in hope for how it might happen. We depend on God's promise of where we've known peace before, seek it again, and proclaim it boldly. So how? How can we affect change, perhaps to our project uplift or to family promise or in our own lives? I share this last point. Maria Cabrini was born in the Austrian Empire in 1850. She was the youngest of 13 children. God bless her parents. And she says this. She built 67 institutions in 67 years. And people would ask her, where did you get the money to do this? And she said, spent millions, but we didn't have a cent. We drew from the bank of providence. Its funds are inexhaustible. So prepare the way of the Lord. Lead lives of holiness and godliness. Strive to be found at peace. Seek wholeness and restoration, not just for yourself, but for all of God's creation. Speak freely of God's comfort and of God's promise. This, my friends, is the gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.